Welcome to Beliefs of the Heart Weekly Reflection. I'm Sam Williamson, and today we're discussing when helping God is lethal. I have an atheist friend who hates the Bible because of the Old Testament, the violent wars, people struck dead, and the idea of a fearful God. He doesn't understand those stories from a Christian perspective, but if he did, he'd probably hate the Bible even more. Like the time Uzzah gives God a helping hand and God kills him for it. The Ark of the Covenant had been the center of Israel's worship since the Exodus. But after a few hundred years, it was lost to the Philistines in a war. For seven months, the Philistines experienced plagues and panic. So they sent the Ark back to Israel, where it languished in a backwater village not far inland from the border. Sixty years later, David is crowned king, and he decides to bring the Ark to his new capital, the recently captured Jerusalem. He arranges an elaborate celebration, displays the Ark on a cart to be seen by all, and orchestrates a parade of thousands to escort the Ark to its new home. On the way to Jerusalem, the oxen pulling the cart stumble, and Uzzah, one of the cart's drivers, puts out his hand to steady the ark, and, this is a quote, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him down because of his error, and he died there beside the ark of God. 2 Samuel 6-7 Uzzah tried to help God, and he is annihilated. It's stories like this that we all hate. They all did everything wrong. When God gave commandments for building the tabernacle, he also gave precise directions for transporting the ark. David and his merry band broke every single rule. The ark was to be covered, not left open on display. The ark was to be carried on poles, not put on a cart. The ark was not to be touched, but people handled it to place it on the cart. The entire transportation was to be managed by Levites, which Uzzah wasn't. It's easy to think Uzzah was punished because God blesses good people who obey, and he smites the bad people who disobey. But here, everybody screwed up, from the Levites who should have known better, to the people who manhandled the ark onto the ox cart, to the celebrants who gaped at the ark, to King David who orchestrated the entire fiasco. Why didn't they all drop dead? Why pick on poor Uzzah? After all, he was helping God, not fighting him. Uzzah was just trying to keep the ark from the defilement of falling into the dirt. We think we know what God needs. Uzzah's problem was not primarily breaking God's rules, though I don't recommend it. It was his brazen self-assurance, his shameless confidence in himself. He thought, I'm a good person. I believe in God. I believe in the Bible. And I know exactly what God needs. How do we know this is Uzzah's mindset? Look at his immediate impulse. He instinctively grabs hold of the ark because he unconsciously believes the dirt of the soil will defile the ark far more than the dirt of his own soul. It was a habit of his heart. So Uzzah gives God that helpful nudge. We all think we know exactly what God needs to do. Instead of Admitting our failings, we simply take charge. When Abraham and Sarah try to help God, they birth Ishmael, whose descendants war with Israel for millennia. 
Moses tries to help God by killing an Egyptian, and he is put out to pasture for 40 years. Paul thought he was helping God by killing Christians, and God has to tell him, you are persecuting me. I have witnessed disaster after disaster by well-meaning believers who, quote, know, end quote, how to help God. From parents controlling kids, husbands and wives controlling each other, and pastors and elder boards controlling the congregation, we think we know what needs to happen and that God is going to get it wrong unless we step in and manage it for him. We forget that, quote, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers work in vain, end quote. It is his work that is at stake, not ours. That's why Isaiah is praised for his modest lack of self-assurance. He received his commission only after he laments, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. Hardly an endorsement for a prophet. The reason we hate these stories is we are afraid to give up control to God. And it's killing us. This article was triggered by two events that took place this past spring that that remind and then of course I read the article I read the passage about Uzzah but it was triggered by these two events the first one is I was asked to help a church whose elder board had a relational split in it one man really felt like he was he completely knew what God's will was what God wanted and he said my single one and only goal is safety I just want to protect people and then what he did was he withheld some information from the board. He withheld information from the congregation. He offered false information. He created a loud scene at a congregational meeting. And the church split in half or even more. And literally in his goal to protect people, he left hundreds of people unprotected. It reminded me of an old phrase that I heard from, I think from one of my childhood, which was, any single virtue on its own will turn you into a monster. You know, Jesus is truth and love. If all we do is focus on love, the monster in us will ignore the truth and will let people do whatever they want, which will create havoc in their lives and destruction in the world. If, on the other hand, we abandon love and we just like truth, we will be harsh, we will be judgmental, we'll be fierce. Any truth, any single virtue on its own will turn us into a monster. So the second event, that, the first was a church that had a relational split where one elder said, I only want safety. The second situation was a couple I knew that had a wayward son, and they were just putting lots of pressure on him, control, manipulation. They knew his email address. Now, this is an adult son. He's in his low 20s. They were reading his email. They were stalking him. They were following him places because they said, we know what he needs, and he needs you know, X, Y, and Z. And the more they pursued him and stalked him and controlled and manipulated him, he's now heavily into a drug culture, and he's become a male prostitute. When we try to help God, we often do it while breaking his rules. Uzzah touched the ark against God's rules. The church elder deceived the church by withholding information and offering false information. And the family stalked their son. Moses killed an Egyptian. One of my favorite quotes from Tim Keller is, anxiety is knowing what needs to happen and believing God won't get it right. 
And I think in our help, in our, in our, in our obsession, because we know what is right, we know what needs to happen in our obsession, we really don't believe in God. We don't believe God's going to get it. We lack humility. And the thing is, is we don't know what is, we don't know all that is needed. We don't know that all that God has in mind. We might want to steer our church towards safety, but God might want our entire congregation to grow in a kind of courage. We might want to protect our children, but God's goal in this situation may not be that child as much as he wants us to grow in a faith in him and a hope in him. The work of God is always bigger than we imagine. Right now, I'm helping a non-religious, non-profit organization. Oh, just a messy, litigious uh, nightmare. And both parties seem totally unwilling to hear the other side. And I've been thinking, maybe God is up to more than just fixing this one legal issue. Maybe he's up to more than just compromise. Maybe he wants to change the hearts of both parties to bring them closer to him. And just this morning, I felt like God say, Sam, maybe it's your heart that I want to change. See, I thought I was thinking of a bigger picture when I thought, I'm just going to do more than just fix the situation. I want people's hearts to change. And I feel like God said, Sam, the picture's even bigger than that. I want your heart to change, to realize you can't do it on your own. It reminds me of this picture I have of my two-year-old son helping me fix a car. This is years ago, back in the 80s. And he's he's sitting under, I I had a pickup truck. He's sitting under my pickup truck with me, handing me wrenches. Now he's a two-year-old. He's handing me the wrong wrenches. He's handing it me at the wrong time. He's handing me one when I don't need it. He's not handing me one when I do need it. I didn't need him to help me, but I loved having him there. I really loved having him help me. And my question is, can we look to God and say, God just delights in having us there. He doesn't need us because he knows the entire big picture far more than we ever will. He's just asking us to be with him and, and to obey him, knowing that he does know the bigger picture. The last few weeks I've been meditating on a couple of verses from Psalm 33. And the verses go, this is a paraphrase, a king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not saved by his great might. A war horse is a vain hope for victory because by its great might, it cannot save. And I'm thinking this, you know, it's not that Dave, God doesn't want King David to have an army or have soldiers or have horses. So he has to have an army, you know, God's calling him to have an army, warriors and soldiers, uh, horses, but God doesn't want David to trust in them. God wants David to trust in him. And you know, this is, the, this is the tough situation. It's easy for us if God just says, do nothing and watch me act. Or God says, here's some things, go do those. In either of those situations, we either do nothing and trust God or we do our things and we trust in ourselves. God is saying there's something different. I'm going to give you things to do, but I don't want you to trust in the things that you do. Because helping God on our own is lethal. Can we live a life of trust in him, but not in our helping hands? Can we live a life of humble hope, 
A life that said God doesn't need us, and yet he loves to have us serve him in companionship, in intimacy, in friendship. Can we live a life saying God wants to be with us, but we're not going to trust in ourselves? Thanks for listening. Please join us by following this podcast or liking it. And visit our website, beliefsoftheheart.com, for more articles, books, videos, podcasts, and courses, all designed to foster intimate theology, deepening a real relationship with the real God who is there. See you next week.